This is your cast, hosted by the York Politics Society. Hello everyone, I apologise for how long this has taken to come out uh, since the last episode. Um, had a few difficulties, had um, sort of a essay hiatus, if you like. Um, became a sort of hermit over the holidays, uh, getting my summative essays done. Um, and now, with Sam having left uni... Uh, I have this podcast to myself until the upcoming AGM for Polsock. Um And so, whilst I could turn this into a sort of the uh, left-wing echo chamber that I've desperately wanted it to be ever since I've gotten the role, um, uh, with the Iowa caucus coming up for this episode, instead I'll um, indulge in some bourgeois revisionist electoralism and discuss the upcoming process for deciding the Democratic nominee for the 2020 American general election. Polsock are likely to do an event for the Iowa caucus, um, but I don't have the credentials to be invited on as a speaker. Uh, So instead, I'll use this platform to try to give my two cents on the candidates before the voting in America starts. Uh, I'll try to provide a general narrative of the race so far, um, the list of candidates being whittled down, and of course, my case for why none of them are worth your vote besides Bernie. Uh, assuming any any of you are eligible to do so. So, um, 2016 was, obviously, a revealing moment for the Democratic establishment. Uh, Hillary Clinton, whose supporters never failed to remind us, was the most qualified candidate, quote-unquote, with a history of experience of working under the last two Democratic presidents, uh, doing abhorrent imperialist and kind of racist shit which I would need a whole other episode to go into detail about um she was the heir apparent to the presidency following Obama uh but she was defeated by a senile former game show host addicted to Diet Coke Fox News and now probably Adderall um her campaign's failures aside Hillary was very obviously unappealing as a candidate to the key swing voters of that election and fundamentally representative of a status quo in the eyes of an electorate who increasingly felt America was in the midst of crisis. The fact that she won the popular vote was, or is, in my view, increasingly irrelevant when discussing the next Democratic candidate. I feel as though the proportion of people voting Democrat whilst holding their nose was higher than ever in 2016. Uh, And so now, when we're given the opportunity to choose a new person to put on the ballot, we needn't force voters to do the same thing again when we have the ability to pick someone different and exciting. So that's my kind of take on how how the party sort of progressed from uh, the last general election to now and and the choice facing them at this point. So uh, for those unfamiliar about how the Democratic nominee is chosen, through each state there will be um, a vote and the result of that will be uh, transferred into delegates who will then vote on that result's behalf at the national convention Um, and so and it starts the first state to do one of these votes is Iowa um, which is on Monday uh, I think Um, and 
going into it, it seems that we have kind of four people in the running for winning that. Um, a poll as of today uh, says that Biden and Sanders are both tied at 25%, uh, Pete Buttigieg at 21%, Warren at 16%, uh, and I suppose Klobuchar at 5%. Um, and then all others, like people like Yang, uh, are, are sort of beneath the 5% threshold, and so they haven't really got a chance. Um, and so generally how primaries go is... Uh, the, the, the candidate to win uh, the first few states, that's Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, they tend to build up momentum. People sort of start to think, okay, this person's likely to win and they sort of, um, they gain votes just off that like assumption. Um, and so it's really, really crucial time for all uh, candidates' campaigns. Um, and I don't want to make any predictions, mostly because it's tomorrow and I don't want to tempt fate. Uh, and obviously I want Bernie to win. Um, that's my personal opinion, not doesn't reflect the views of Polsop, obviously. Um, but I think that what's likely to happen is uh, either Bernie or uh, Biden will win Iowa and Bernie will win New Hampshire. That's how the polls are looking. Um, and depending on how those go, um, we'll sort of we'll sort of start to see a pattern emerging in the later contests, um, and I've it's, it's it's been a weird weird old uh, process reaching up to this point. Um, there have been a, a few other big names who were running and then now have either sunk into irrelevance or straight up dropped out. Uh, Kamala Harris was one of them. Uh, she she started up what seemed to be quite an appealing campaign to the democratic base um she she got in a good jab at biden on in one of the debates talking about uh, uh busing to schools during segregation uh that little girl was me all that sort of thing um which is quite cool but then uh she's just kind of flopped i think and uh she dropped out two three weeks ago um Another one is uh, Beto O'Rourke, again, sort of started up uh, his campaign off the back of an attempt to defeat uh, Ted Cruz in the Senate elections back in 2018, uh, a failed attempt, uh, which I think he should have and could have won and would have been better off uh, fighting that contest again in 2020, but instead he decided to run for president, uh, didn't really... Um, it started off with a lot of fanfare but never really got off the ground and um, sort of lulled sat beneath uh, like 2% for most of the time and then dropped out again like a month ago I think um, and so yeah now it's kind of levelled out to the four maybe five candidates that I mentioned earlier um, but what's interesting about this election is um, Warren and Buttigieg are kind of in a position where uh, they need to pull out a win in one of the early states, like a big win, because um, if they don't, it will become kind of it will become very obvious to their backers very quickly that there's no real point supporting them. They'll run out of money, and their campaigns will just sort of grind to a halt, and they'll have to drop out. 
uh, and endorse someone else. Uh, Buttigieg presumably would endorse uh, uh, Biden, uh, Warren. It's not as clear. If you'd asked me six months ago, I would have said she would have supported Sanders. But uh, looking at the situation now with um, the sort of smear attack she launched against him uh, two weeks ago, it's not as obvious now. Um, Her ideological sort of position for her campaign has shifted quite a bit since it started. She was very clearly uh, Medicare for all and uh, her campaign was trying to sort of promote the idea that she was ideologically in in the same lane as Sanders. Um, But over time, she's drifted to the right. She's abandoned a lot of the promises that she was initially making and how now her platform settled on a much more kind of middle ground between uh, Sanders and Biden, if you will. And so if she were to drop out and choose to endorse, if she did endorse, um, it's not too obvious who I have a feeling my, my my sort of gut instinct tells my gut instinct will tell tells me it's it'll be Biden um just because of the kind of tone of the campaign that she's been running um and the sort of messages that she's put out in the last week or so about uh, being a unity unity candidate promoting unity in the party uh, and Biden has been that unity figure since from the start um the presumptual nominee not not in a literal sense but um in that he you know is very much from the party establishment he's a moderate um it's it's what he's he's got name recognition so it's like uh to people who aren't very invested in politics they would look at his name and go oh yeah he would be he would be the nominee um and so I feel, personally, I feel like that's what Warren will lean towards, especially now her policies are much more similar to his than to Sanders compared to six months ago. Um, so there, so her and Buttigieg's situation is kind of unclear. Uh, I don't see either of them winning Iowa uh, and Sanders is winning or leading in the polls in New Hampshire. Um, obviously, you need to remember that each the, the contest at each state will sort of be influenced by the results in the previous ones so you know, uh candidates build momentum and, and so on but yeah I, I to be honest i don't see either warren or Buttigieg having much of a chance so um I, I see them dropping out early on what's kind of so what's really weird about this election is that there's something that's never been done before with these two um billionaire uh, candidates, uh, Michael Bloomberg and Tom Steyer, who who have kind of, I mean, Trump sort of did it in 2016, but they're on like another level. Both of them have spent about $200 million of their own money promoting their campaigns and they've jumped into the race late. Um, and so what they're, they're not focusing on Iowa, New Hampshire at all. They're concentrating all of their uh, resources and campaigning in the Super Tuesday states, bombarding people with television adverts, things on social media, all that kind of thing. Um, and it's going to be a real interesting kind of barometer for us to see how much uh, just pumping money into a campaign can do. Like, what is the limit of, what are the limits of doing something like that? Um, is it enough to win you the nomination or? at least cause a massive upset halfway through, um, even with no actual base, just purely spending tons of money. 
because both of them are ideologically very similar, very centrist, um, virtually indistinguishable from Biden, perhaps even to the right on some issues. It will be interesting to see uh, what kind of role they will play. My feeling is that they'll be the, uh, oh, they've kind of already posed themselves as the anything but Bernie kind of candidate. Um, and so like they might just serve to uh, split up the vote um, and sort of cause a divided uh, or very split up uh, collection of delegates for each candidate. And so when it comes to the actual convention, um, no one will have a clear majority. And then all of uh, all of Bloomberg's and Steyer's delegates will just go to Biden and give him a nomination. That's my kind of feeling. Um, but that's assuming that their sort of their strategy of just pumping loads and loads and loads of money into campaigning uh, will, would work. Because if I mean, I don't know, it's not like a traditional campaign in the sense that it's not relying on other people's money. You know, other campaigns when the uh, when the donors that they're relying on realize that their campaign is stalling, they they stop giving the money. But when these people are running their campaigns entirely from their own uh, own bank account, um, there's no they can go for as long as they want to, even in the face of any kind of hope of winning. Um, so yeah, it kind of remains to be seen what happens with that. So to finish up, I just want to talk about why I think Bernie is uh, the Democrats' best shot of beating Trump and why I think his uh, platform is ideal for for governing America, sort of looking ahead at the challenges that America and the world generally are, are facing uh, and why he is best suited for that. So the key reason, really, that the Democrats lost in 2016 was um, a loss of uh, working class voters and a failure to capture any people who were apathetic about politics. Um, I mean, Hillary ultimately represented the status quo, uh, specifically the least favourite kind of status quo, which is a a coastal elite uh, uh, sort of image associated with the Democratic Party. That's what she represented. career politician through and through uh, had been in and out of uh, the White House for decades um, associated with lots of sort of banal but also evil stuff that had happened under Clinton and Obama as well Um, and her message during the campaign didn't really resonate with anyone who was struggling Um, I mean Everyone remembers uh, Trump's slogan during that election, uh, "Make America Great Again." And, you know, had it on always, almost always hats. Uh, and Hillary's campaign's response to that was uh, making her own set of hats, which were, which uh, said, "America is already great." Which the people who were struggling financially and probably had been since the uh, financial crash back in two thousand and eight, um, that just told them that. Uh, if you elect me, uh, nothing is going to change. Your life is going to continue to be shit. And so Trump's message is, you know, as kind of nasty as it sounded, at least it sort of made a promise to these people that he was going to try and sort something out. Um, And so looking ahead now to the election this year, 
Um, I don't see any candidate who has a fundamentally different message to Hillary's other than Bernie. I mean, uh, Warren was in, initially trying to distinguish herself from the centre of the party, and she still sort of has these uh, vague platitude or kind of comments about, uh, you know, fighting the billionaires and, and, and Wall Street and whatnot. But her policy platform is, is much less kind of emancipatory in terms of debt, in terms of uh, healthcare, in terms of the environment uh, than Bernie's is. Um, and she doesn't she doesn't have that connection to uh, labor to the unions that Bernie does. She she is very much of the same sort of. Um, I mean, she's not li- literally from the coast, but she has that same sort of coastal elite vibe to her that Hillary did. Um, whereas Bernie is is fundamentally not from that ilk. Uh, never has been. Has voted against the Democrats and all the sort of nasty shit associated with um, the class of politician that Hillary. Uh, is for example or Biden for that matter so going into this election um, looking at the key states that the Democrats need to win back I don't see uh, running a candidate like Biden or fucking hell even Bloomberg would would communicate anything to these voters that they lost in 2016 uh, that the Democrats have any interest in fixing their problems um Bernie is, is 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 very clear and has been throughout his is a very long career um about his about him fighting for the working class uh taking on billionaires taking on wall street uh taking on sort of unjust power structures um like um segregation and whatnot uh and has done even when uh the sort of general tide of public opinion was against him you know he's undeniably genuine and sincere and I think that means a lot to people who are apathetic about politics you know um and so I think that's a really appealing quality of his that uh would be useful going into the election when looking at uh how the democratic candidates poll against Trump in a general election now uh generally speaking the only two candidates that seem to do well or uh beat or actually beat trump are biden and sanders um and i would argue that biden's main sort of reason for that is uh his kind of name recognition and it's also worth saying that the popular vote doesn't matter it didn't matter in the last election and by all means trump can uh, run a very similar campaign and not need the popular vote again so what what needs to be done is is the democratic nominee needs to win back those key voters that they lost in 2016 and biden i don't think is up to the task of doing that especially uh how fundamentally uncharismatic he is uh you know if 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 people listening haven't uh heard him uh speak at events recently his campaign have sort of tried to uh limit his amount of uh public events that he's done uh have have a kind of as few public appearances as possible because whenever he ends up having them he just starts either argues with people in the in the crowd or uh, just starts rambling about some childhood tale and and sounds like a completely you know senile granddad at you know at christmas or whatever um 
his uh, story about corn pop or whoever he was at the swimming pool back when he was a lifeguard, you know, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> that's not the sort of person with the kind of energy behind him that you need to win a general election. Uh, Bernie undeniably has that kind of energy. He has more individual donors than any other candidate. Um, in all uh, the states of America, besides the ones that are the home states of Biden, Buttigieg and Warren, uh, the candidate who has received the most donations is Bernie in every single one. It's like 46 states or something. Um, he has an overwhelming amount of momentum behind his campaign. And I think if the uh, Democratic Party decides to harness that rather than do their best to fight it throughout this um, primary process, then it could be really useful going into the, the actual election. Because, you know, Bernie's campaign... Uh, it would be a massive force um, in the fight to win back the voters they lost in 2016. So that's why I think that going into the election, uh, Bernie has kind of all the things on his side uh, if he were the nominee. And of course, we also need to think about uh, if the Democratic nominee ends up becoming president, like what their presidency would look like. And um, I think that if someone like... Uh, Biden were able to scrape through and win the presidency uh, it, the, the way his policies look look like um, like a, a, a repeat of all of the problems that led to the financial crash and the sort of environmental disasters that America has experienced in the past uh, decade or so um, I think he's likely to do that again he's not likely to help any of the people who are really really struggling um, he's likely to you know, take the side of Wall Street where all of his um, fucking funding comes from. So, whereas Bernie uh, is unremittingly against Wall Street, is threatening to break up large corporations and banks. Um, and I think one of the key like cornerstones of his platform, besides obviously healthcare, which is something that he is very easily able to distinguish himself with against the rest of the uh, field of candidates is environmental policy. I mean, it's so, so important now. Um, I think people, especially our age, um, are coming to realise that. And uh, whoever becomes president, you know, if they get eight years, they need to have something really serious and tough, especially with America. Like if, if um, someone like Bernie comes in, in in the States, and is able to like massively uh, hamper uh, companies who are polluting and and completely uh, sort of restructure American infrastructure uh, towards green energy and uh, you know more public transport, all that kind of stuff. Like a real massive investment package, a Green New Deal. Um, it would be huge, and it would be like you know a, a major major stepping stone towards actually you know. <laughs> starting to uh was a major stepping stone to avoiding a complete climate catastrophe um which I, I kind of have a sort of feeling of creeping dread as you know time marches on scientists predictions get worse and yet nothing is being done about it some radical change needs to happen and there is no radical change of Buttigieg and there is no radical change of Biden um I think only Bernie is the one who really is able to make a push for that kind of thing. So there you have it. That's my uh, take on the upcoming elections. Um, 
this will be going up this episode will be going up on the day uh, where voting in Iowa starts so um, you know I, I might be shown up to be completely wrong but um, I still stand by my opinions um, for why uh, this is an extremely crucial election for the Democrats and I think that choosing someone like Biden would fuck it up not necessarily for the party but for the world really um so yeah uh f- thank you for listening um please uh attend the event that pulse are going to be doing on the uh iowa caucus it should be fun should be interesting um and yeah this i might do another episode before the agm by myself um but yeah thank you guys uh, and i'll i'll catch you next time